0: Let's go! This is Dubas' team. It is the best team. Are you guys <laughs>
1: disrespecting my fourth line? No. I love that fourth line more than my daughter.
2: Scoring wise, totally
1: unprecedented. This guy is on fire. This needs to be fixed, or we're not going anywhere.
2: Deal you know with better than 40 goals a year? 80 goals a year, yeah. which is what he's getting
0: with Mitch Marner. I think you guys are crazy. <laughs> Stop it. Tim, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Ryan, you are wrong. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Leafs cast with Stephen, Ryan, and Tim. Welcome back to the Leafs
0: cast. More importantly, the last preseason podcast before we get to real hockey. We're almost there. We're like,
1: almost there. Regular season, 82 games will be played. Well, uh, sorry, 89 games will be played by the Maple Leafs, but 82 <laughs> regular season games will be played by all uh, NHL franchises. It's exciting.
0: It's unbelievable to me that in most other years, it's been 10 preseason games. Six feels like a lot, doesn't it? Like, can that, you imagine playing another four preseason games?
2: That is crazy. There was it, 10 of these things before? It's, it's just, it's too much. It's too much. And I, I mean, always, we saw it. We saw it this week. Like every single time those guys hit the ice, it's just another chance for our players to get a freak injury. And it happened again. Oh Ilya Mikheyev God. out with a wrist injury. The poor guy can't catch a
1: break. And, and it's a wrist injury again, too. I don't, we don't <laughs> yeah. know if it's the same arm. It's definitely not the same situation.
0: Uh, it's his left hand. Was that the one? No, I think it was his right. That he, he got the Cobra yeah. So different wrist. Bad luck with the wrists, that guy.
1: And this is a this is a, a major blow to the team. We talked about it in a couple episodes ago, when he requested the trade. We couldn't trade him because we still needed him at the time, mm-hmm. uh, and we still do, right? He he's he's an important part. Whenever we're we're talking about the lines, that guy was never out of the top nine, right? He was typically somewhere in the middle six, may, maybe on the fourth line if we were feeling frisky. But that's a hole on the team. Uh we were just talking about it before the pod. We don't really know the the extent of the injury besides the fact that it's, it's going to be a long-term sounds like I'm going to assume it's probably a broken wrist, right?
2: Yeah. I mean like three to six weeks is what I'm expecting, but yeah, it,
0: if it, we'll I'm not that concerned about it. Like it's, it's listen, the season hasn't even started yet. Who cares what injuries are until you get to the playoffs? You know what I mean? Like the, it was going to be kind of a toss up between him and bunting of who's getting that. Second line role, and now it's just going to go to Bunting. Engval will probably be there, in whatever role that Mikhail was going to be, you know, like maybe it will like bounce around to some of these other guys. Like, I don't know. We're going to have injuries. It's not like it's not like Mikhail is one of the most it, important parts of our Eng- team. We can live without him.
2: I was going to say Engval is probably the biggest uh, the biggest winner in this because uh, Leafs in general won't have to waive anyone because uh, Mikhail will go to long term into reserve. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Well, he he missed a few preseason games with a hip issue, so he has a bit more of a chance to show that he's an yeah, NHL true. player. Um, we, we did see uh, Adam Brooks, though. The Leafs are trying to sneak him through waivers. He did clear waivers last Tim, year.
0: Tim, Tim, you don't but- say that. They're listening. <laughs> I'll
2: Listen. wait to, to upload
1: see- this. We're I'll, trying to sneak him through. I won't post this until after he's cleared. <laughs> Thank you. Tim just <laughs> almost blew the whole thing. Tim, are you kidding me? Do you care? Do you care about this season? <laughs>
2: sorry i figure that the people whose job it is to know this
1: look at twitter more often than me but then again maybe not tim's clearly in off-season mode i have my windows open tim in my house (laughs) people could have
0: heard brooks was placed on waiver so hopefully he goes through it'd be really nice to keep him i I like brooks a lot it would suck to lose him for nothing
1: absolutely that's, that, that's friskiness right there. He brings friskiness to the, the, the bottom six Adam, Adam Brooks does. I feel like we like Adam Brooks a lot more than maybe the rest of Leafs Nation. I don't know. I feel like I hear about... We're talking about him more than I, I hear about him online. But um,
0: He's just got some offensive pop. I like that in the fourth line.
1: We're gonna lose He's the him. Energy. We're gonna lose him, guys. He's a maple leaf. <laughs> yeah, we, su-
2: we successfully passed Hutch through waivers earlier this week. So mm-hmm. that's the well, win. Right. Tim,
0: earlier today you right? posted that list of like, you know, was it 20 people who got put put on waivers today from around the league? I'm looking at the list and I'm just like there is one player that's getting claimed and it's the one with T O R following his name. Oh man.
2: It's just, we so ha- we have such low expectations. Uh-huh.
1: Um, I do want to mention, I think that with the McKay injury, you, Ryan, you do bring up a good point that it's so early in the season. Like when we're talking about potentially like having Nick Ritchie or some of these guys up in the top six that we don't know if they're going to stay there forever. That's the leaf saying like, we're going to try this out for 10, 12 games. You know, that that could be the entire extent that Ilya Mikheyev is out. And so I got a feeling that's going to be Mikheyev on the top line coming back from his injury because Keith's going to be sick of whoever he was throwing up there. <laughs> He's Like, are you maybe, kidding me? Mikheyev's we, was, back? Top, you,
0: top line. You never even know. Like, maybe we're going to like bring in another like gal like we did last year midseason and he'll be on the second line. You know, like it's kind of funny. We spend all this time thinking about what our opening night lines are going to be but they will not be our opening night lines in the playoffs. Like things change throughout the season and roles change. And like, give me a break. Uh, not Elon McKayev. um, William Nylander is killing penalties now. What is that? What is that? Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting. It's just, you never know how things are going to
1: progress. Well, boys. Yeah. So th- oh, well,
2: this- I think I like a bit of news. The Toronto media is ridiculous. Sometimes they're still like trying to drag poor William Nylander through the mud because he missed the Leafs cottage trip because his vaccination thing is still dragging on. They, what, the reason why he didn't get his vaccine over the summer is because he got his first dose in Canada and Sweden said like, oh, if you got your first dose abroad, you're not gonna you're not going to allow you to get it domestically. They say, go back to where you got it. So that's why he's been delayed through this whole thing so we are
0: get, clearing william nylander's name nylander you are cleared of all charges on the leafs cast
1: <laughs> steve simmons trying to drag it through the mud please come on the podcast also please. which cottage was that can, i mean is that on like can we go there it, you know it's just oh, like could
2: you, you guys got a could boat? you
1: imagine <laughs> we show up there with some microphones <laughs> just get the inside scoop <laughs> william nylander please come on the podcast um yes so Welcome back to the Leafs cast this week is it's it's all or nothing week we, all or nothing we took a minute um, because well we 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 wanted to not feel like we had to rush through the pot I mean we're no strangers to binging some quality television we could have just sat there and you know watched it all in one night and maybe done something but I, I wanted to sit down watch it I think Ryan even watched it twice um, yep <laughs> I'm, I definitely will watching this more than once and we wanted to just just talk about our feelings it's uh, I, I don't know. Let's let let's just get into the conversation. All right. We're putting well, last was, season was, to rest.
0: It was five episodes long. It was it's basically for those of you who don't know what the all or nothing Amazon series is, they basically took a deep dive into the entirety of last season, starting right from I mean, actually they didn't do too much preseason stuff. So it's basically from game one of the regular season all the way through to the end of the playoffs and their post playoff depression. And this and, is and, Oh, I, I was
1: going to say that th- this is the first time they've done this with a hockey team as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd, I've watched four or five of these foot, uh, when they do it with the NFL. They did one with um, Michigan Wolverines uh, college football team. I see some soccer teams as well. So doing this for a, a sport that has as many games as as all 89 that the Leafs play every year.
0: Yeah, it was interesting.
1: Yeah, it was interesting. But So, sorry, so, not so to let me ask off, you guys, too.
0: you know, like we've all we've all seen this now. We've all seen all the episodes just give me your like general impressions here. Did like, was it as you expected? Was it nothing like you expected? Was, did you love it? Did you hate it? Like, what, give me your impression of what you thought of the the series.
2: I thought it was kind of what I expected. Like we got, we got to see a lot of kind of behind the closed door or like uh, behind the scenes, look at the leaf players, which we kind of see, they released little snippets during the year. Call, they call them leaf blueprints on the U- YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, and that part I found like there, it's always enjoyable to see these guys with their families. or like, Hear about what makes them tick outside the rink.
1: Um,
2: one thing I d- I did really enjoy that I wasn't sure that, like, how much we'd get, but it was kind of the behind closed doors meetings with uh Keith and Dubas. I really enjoyed that. And Shanny. We- and Shanny, we'll-, we'll get there. But o- overall, my thoughts are like last season was fun, and then last season was like nerve wracking, and then last season was depressing. So it was very <laughs> much like. First- and that's
0: what the All or Nothing series was for you. It was fun, then it was nerve-wracking, then it was
1: depressing. We'll get to episode five. Oh
0: my goodness. <laughs> what about you, Steven? How, how'd you like it? Best
1: TV show I've ever seen in my entire life. Wow. Are you kidding me? My entire life. I wish we had this every year. Uh my yeah. expectations were not as high because um the NFL when since there is fewer games, it ends up being a lot of games. Like, like you're watching like you know oh and then this week they did this and they lost it in the fourth and then this week they were looking real good and they won and like it's um i don't know it wasn't it's not my favorite i still watch it because like it's it's the off season and i'm bored but um this one was awesome because we got to see a lot of the games and a lot of the things that we remembered um but yeah the behind closed doors i'm very surprised at what they let us see that was awesome yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm surprised at how much they let us see. Like they, they, they showed us stuff that I'm like, I can't believe the Leafs were okay with letting that get out there and get public. And I, you know, we're going to get into it, but I, I was pleasantly surprised with how detailed it was. And especially like you said, Tim, those behind the closed doors meetings, like really interesting stuff. And,
1: and for a franchise that people will care about these things, you know, like if yeah. this was the, uh, I'm going to bash the coyotes. So this was the coyotes on there. And we were seeing the coyotes negotiate trades or something like that. I don't know that anybody's gonna care. People are gonna be talking about, you know, oh, this is how Dubis negotiates, you know, for a mm-hmm. long time. Um, okay, why don't why don't we get into it? Let's let's get rolling here. Episode
0: one. It was called Stanley Cup Habits, which I feel like is all we've been hearing about for the past year and a half, anyway. So it's a good thing that they just got that out of the way and called episode one that. But it it begins with the beginning of the season team meeting and everyone's there. And I, I was kind of laughing with Tim. I said like, man, I wonder what like other players from other teams like the Arizona coyotes think about when they see Toronto with these like white leather chairs, all sitting in this like amazing mm-hmm. room and like, man, world-class world-class facilities. They must be jealous. But the, uh, I guess the main point that Keith was making in that meeting is he said, competitiveness physicality, structure, and consistency. Those were the four words that he had on a board Then he said, those are Stanley cup worthy, all part of playing with purpose. Everything we do has purpose. And I think that that, that phrase, those four words, competitiveness, physicality, structure, consistency. Yeah, that was last season. That was, that was what we saw from the Leafs for 82 games. Like that, that was the difference. And that's what I saw sure 56 games mm-hmm. oh, no, maybe I,
2: I, maybe even 58 games
0: <laughs> i like i liked hearing that saying okay that's what they were going for and i'd say like yep i think that they achieved
2: that yep like i think even there is uh, it's kind of funny like as they're panning around they say like oh there's a, a powerpoint they have pause it pause it and let's go read every line that's on the powerpoint slide And they look at like <laughs> here are the goals of the year and it's like oh man yeah <laughs> Yeah, we are such nerds when we look at breaking down this frame by frame. But yes, yeah, no, it was even interesting, like as they kind of here's how we're evaluating the year like on offense and defense and like advanced mm-hmm. stats. And-, mm-hmm. and even like they said what their goals were, and like their goal
0: was to win the division. Their goal was to like show defensive stability. Like those are their goals for the season. And like, yeah, they throughout the regular season, they achieved those. So that was interesting to see. The the first, I think, really interesting thing that you i don't think you would see anywhere else other than this series was the the edmonton post game interview scandal that's what i I oh yeah this is is where austin matthews you know and they they played edmonton i think they lost i think it might have been like three two or four one yeah it was a it
1: was a wednesday night hockey um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i remember
0: and, and they lost And in the, the interview, I think it was Mark Master had posed a question, but he said, Hey, do you think you lost? Cause you played it too safe. And Matthew's like, well, yeah, yeah. You know, like we, we were playing too safe. We got to show up and, and uh, you know, challenge those guys. And, and they asked Keith the same question. He kind of played it off. But then after that, Keith goes into Dubas's office and this is behind closed doors. And he says, this is a horrific narrative and, and we got to fix this. We didn't lose because Edmonton was, because we were playing safe. We lost because Edmonton was playing safe. And every time they had five people above us the whole game, and we didn't want to work hard to find the offense. And, and it was this whole scandal that Austin Matthews was like creating this narrative for the team that wasn't right. And, and Keith was mad about that. What, what'd you guys think of that whole shebeckle? <laughs>
1: well, well, I, I thought it was interesting because like at first when I hear Austin Matthews say that, I didn't think that it was anything Like that was a Mm -hmm. spicy take to have. I I remember that game well because, yeah, it was. I want to say it was the first time we might have played Edmonton in the year, and it was like, oh, there's going to be, you know, this might be like an eight to seven game, right? Because you got the two best players in the NHL, and it ends up Mm -hmm. being kind of a stinker to watch. Um, But then, for for Keith, maybe we can go into a little bit of a rant on Keith here to to show that he's not afraid to go after the the biggest player on the team. Mm -hmm and no you know nobody's nobody's above the law i guess right like at because without knowing that you would think like okay maybe a player like austin matthews can get away with that and they're not gonna get under his skin or get up in his face mm-hmm. they weren't no keith wasn't afraid of that keith's a, um keith's a steely-eyed missile man
0: <laughs> and i mean you could see that like like you know he was saying to Dubis at this meeting that you know this narrative is horrible we never heard about this. It's not like they readdressed the media and said, just to set the record straight, this is why we lost. And we care about what he doesn't care about what the media thinks. He was concerned that that's what the team thought, you know, like he, he said, like after he talked to Matthews about it and he addressed the team, he said, what we saw last night, we have to get comfortable with. Like, he doesn't want them thinking, Oh, we just lost. Cause we weren't offensive. No, he was saying that this is what you see in the playoffs. You see, you see teams really come down on you defensively and we need to get comfortable with that. We need to figure out how to win that. And, and it's just like, you know, we say it all the time. They're saying all the right things, but they're saying the right things like that. That is what, what happened. You have to get comfortable with that, you know?
2: Yeah. And I think like, we'll we'll talk about it uh, as we kind of go through the episodes, but overall, Keith is probably the person I was most, my, my opinion improved about the most about throughout seeing this series. hmm. Uh, like a lot of a lot of what he said, and like how he addressed his players, and uh, I th- I thought was uh, was impressive because you're never really sure. Like, this guy's like, oh, he's like a first year coach. Is we're coming off of like Mike Babcock, who is like, that's who is that kind of who you expect him? Or you expect him to be like an anti-Babcock? And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but uh, I would yeah, have loved no, to I've,
0: see one of these things when Mike Babcock was in charge. I want to know what he was like. Oh, you know what smokes. I mean behind closed doors. I don't know. Okay, moving on. The, there was one other really interesting moment from from episode one where Keith was talking to spetsa, and this was this was when the Leafs were like rolling, like I think we started the season like eleven two and one or something, and just before coming on the ice, Keefe says, you know, like we're getting the results, but I don't think I, like we still need to do better. We're not we're not showing all the right right habits here, and he's talking to Spezza on the ice, and he says like, listen, I I feel like I basically says I feel like I'm losing the room, like some of the, especially the young guys are getting annoyed with what I'm saying. And, you know, Spezza says, hey, I think your read is, is good on that because it's frustrating when you're winning all these games and you just have this, this guy, the coach, who's getting on your back about, you know, doing the little
1: things. It's you're like, not winning in the right you. way.
0: Yeah, and you're like, come on, man, we're winning. Leave me alone. And, and Keith gives it to Spezza. He says, all right, I need you to talk to these young guys because I'm losing them, me giving the message, and I'm going to lean on you, Spetsa, the veteran, highly respected veteran in the room to take some of that on and, and go make sure that they continue those winning habits. I loved that. I well, love, I even like to used like that.
2: I even liked him going to Spetza and saying like, this is, this is what the vibes I'm feeling. Do you agree? Like, yeah. are you getting the same things? And it's like, it, yeah, right. I mean, which, and this isn't like that surprise. Like we love everything at Jason Spetza is.
1: <laughs> but, but, but that's, that's, that's why Spetza's there. And it's, it's mm-hmm. good to see that, that he's being used that way. Because maybe may we l- l- we could get into Joe Thornton as well. Joe Thornton was not he was yeah. not going to go to Joe Thornton with that that same kind of request to to hey I need you to be you know the 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 yeah, veteran leadership on this team despite the fact that Jumbo Joe's I think thirty years older than Jason Spezza um,
0: <laughs> and hockey
1: yeah but but and and th- that that's going back to what I said before though about Keith's not afraid to go at these these guys mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Because I think I think it, it's easy for we even say it sometimes. It's easy to think that the the player it's it's is is more important than the coach in, in some of these situations, right? Like the Leafs are gonna win Stanley Cups because they have these incredible players, maybe not because of the coach. And no, it's I mean the coach is gosh, Keith Keith was the star of the series to me.
0: Well it was interesting, like because when we got Thornton, a large narrative about it was, well, we already have Spetsa. Why are we getting Thornton? Or like now we have Thornton. Why do we need Spezza? And why do we need these two guys? But after watching the series, clearly the two of those guys had different roles on the team. Like it's not just old guy. It They're, they're very different personalities. and And I think they, were very different roles on the team in, in that way. And I, I would take Spezza uh, no, over 100%. Thornton after watching this, you know, like, I don't know. I was, well, it's, I, I was disappointed
1: a little bit in seeing what I saw out of Joe Thornton and maybe the yeah. Leafs are too. And they, they were expecting something different out of him, but mm-hmm. yeah. Cause, cause the more you watch, you're like, wait, why is this guy here? Obviously he had a little bit of game left in him, Right. And maybe they didn't know if, if, if Spezza did. Right. Cause like mm-hmm. he did start the season out on the top line and stuff. But as far as like, leadership? No, not at all. Well,
2: I I think we we're maybe giving Joe Thornton a bit of a a bit of a hard time. So like it, it, we should appreciate like Joe Thornton is who he is. I think the Leafs did know what they were expecting that he's someone who is who can he's going to keep it light, not necessarily going to make it serious, but I think what they saw is that the Leafs are a, men- a mentally fragile team who sometimes get in their own heads and they need someone like that that what uh that keeps it light that, that can keep there? things light that 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 can say like oh you're being crushed by pressure just focus on the game like don't uh like i mean we could look at matthews and Martyr at the end and they look like the light their lives have ended and it's like maybe they wanted someone to keep things a little bit lighter which which is what J- thornton does <laughs> he definitely <But> did that <laughs> yeah he definitely did that i don't know um so i know a bit a bit from just because like kind of tied into this but Leafs actually hired someone this past summer. This is not all or nothing. So maybe we want to edit. That's
1: start. okay. What do you, what do you got? But,
2: so Le- Leafs hired a guy named Greg Leaves Harden. Leafs all
1: or nothing talk only to him.
2: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> go Greg ahead. Harden. What does he do? So, so Leafs Leafs hired this guy named Greg Harden who is a uh, a peak performance coach. So he's like a, a mental uh a therapist is maybe the wrong the wrong term, but anyways, yeah, he's worked with like coach. all these Olympic Do you know this guy? Oh no, no, I'm um, no. Go ahead. Oh. No, <laughs> no, I was going to. No, you map? kidding? <laughs> so like he's worked with like Tom Brady, Michael Phelps, like these oh, wow. like okay. these big names and he's the kind of guy who like the article put it well it's like you don't hire this guy. This guy comes to your team and say like I want to work with these guys. Really? And so this summer he came to the Leafs. So it's How kind did of you interesting not know about
0: this. This is amazing. I love that this happened. Yeah. We're talking about Spencer Carberry, who, <laughs> who is in the building. <laughs> All right. Get this stuff on the, on the list. Anyways, so
2: hopefully me. this guy can do what Joe Thornton could not.
1: Yeah. And, and I, I had to keep reminding myself too, cause I, it was somewhat constant that I was like, okay, that's what Joe's bringing to the table here. Come on. He at 750 grand is what yeah. Joe Thornton was there for yep. as well. Right. 750 grand provide some offense. If we're looking at points per dollars paid, he was definitely high up on the team. Um, So they were just hoping
0: to sell a Jersey to your brother, Stephen.
1: Yeah. Well, that was, the, that was, that's actually all David's <laughs> talked to me about. David did the thing where he just watched it all in one day and he enjoyed it. But yeah, he keeps talking about jumbo and he, he liked that. He, he, he thought that Joe, Joe, brought like yeah like a really light energy to the team and and everybody seemed to be having a good time and they did i mean like that that seems like a team team with some serious chemistry yeah no you could tell i was thinking that as well just they they
0: said throughout the season this team feels so close and yeah you could see it they they love being with each other
1: so i liked um, i liked uh muzzin and hall Uh, they're they're hanging out working on that chem yeah they're working on the chem i love playing
0: golf and drinking uh fruit yogurt and whatever you well, drinking there you know
1: working on chem that's it <laughs> you know i think we could work on our chem all right let's move on to episode
0: two episode two was titled the pieces on the board and it started off with actually dubis meeting with Mikhaev, which has a lot of indications for recently we learned that mikhayev asked for uh, asked for a trade because he wasn't pleased with how he's being used and it turns out that this was right in the middle of the season when he came I, I think it was Dubas who, who called Mick in. Mikheyev, that is. Um, and and Mikhaev was saying, like, yeah, you know, I started out at 13 minutes, and it's just been going down, down, down. And, and Dubas basically had a meeting with him saying, like, no, you're big, you know, like what he said after he requested for trade. You, you're making a big impact on this team. It's very important to the team. You're a big part of the first-place team of the NHL. That means something. And, I don't know, Mikheyev kind of walked away sad. But what did you guys think of that exchange?
1: it it felt like two people that like don't know each other at all and sometimes i mm-hmm. think since Kyle Dubas is a young guy that he's like he's being buddies with the players and stuff like that but he he really sounded like a coach or, or sorry like like a boss mm-hmm. and it made me think of like when i'm going into like a boss's office that i'm i'm intimidated right in that yeah. situation um uh, what i thought of as well is
2: like both in uh this مكiev meeting as well as the the VC meeting and even the Marner meeting later on. But like all of those times I felt like the players like seemed almost a little dismissive. And I wonder if it's like the fact that the cameras were there as well, made them feel that like they would have reacted differently than if the cameras had not been. there.
0: So I've heard that the cameras were just like, set up and it's not like there's a cameraman in the room who's recording the oh, stuff but like yes. it's just like a camera in the corner so i i cuz i thought that as well especially for even some of these meetings between Dubis and and Keith that as soon as you know you're on camera you know you you say things a little differently everything's a little a little i don't know it it's a little different but the fact that it's just a camera in the corner and it would have been there all season long I, I don't know i think that at some point you just get used to it and you forget it's there and you just talk
1: yeah I, can we talk about VC?
0: Yeah, well that was that was kind of the next one that, that later on in that episode, Keith met yeah, with the Jimmy M- VC and, and Mr. Uh, vanilla. And he exactly he said, like, listen, VC, from what I see in you so far, it, it's very vanilla. And I need you to figure out like what your thing is. Are you gonna be a hard four checker? Are you gonna get goals? Are you gonna be defensive? Like, figure out your thing because right now I'm not seeing it. And and VC kind of responded to that and said Listen, what I kind of hear you saying is you don't like my game, and I'm out of here in a couple of weeks. And sure enough, he got waived shortly
1: thereafter. What, what What do you guys think? I was really glad that they set up the VC story because you know, for those that don't remember, right? He was it was a it was a huge deal the Jimmy VC sweepstakes and that the Leafs mm-hmm. were in it, and just to see how he he had everything set up for him to have success in the NHL, and it. it it's it's him that's caused him to not right. He doesn't seem like the guy that's putting in that extra work, and I'm glad yeah. that the Leafs did didn't just give you know like they they gave him a look up up top in the lineup, but it wasn't like a you know you 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 need to earn your spot to stay here, and I guess the the, the other part. That how little they cared when he was gone, right? Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. Like, like we were probably you go back to the Leafs cast, we We're like, oh then we lost VC. Like, even though he sucked, like at least we had that guy in the building. And then there's Shanny, and they come into the office. They're like, VC got claimed, and Shanny's like, who? <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, <laughs> really? I'm surprised. Like, someone claimed that guy. <laughs> like, that y- you know, um, uh, sorry, you say something to him. Talk about Jimmy VC. Well, I mean, like we can talk about Jimmy VC. I
2: I was kind of disappointed to see the Jimmy VC stuff, and just because like it was forever ago. I don't care about Jimmy VC. Oh. Show me about some of the new, the newer guys.
0: No, I thought that was interesting because, like, honestly, I remember, like, yeah, when like Stephen was saying when VC was gone, it was like ah, like that was at least an NHL player, and and to kind of see the stuff behind the scenes, it's really, even just from like a hockey perspective, it's really interesting seeing how, like, he, I feel like he didn't really have. The like respect for Keith, right? I don't, like, I hear, I, like, you see, Keith talk to Matthews, and Matthew's just absorbing what Keith is saying, and, and they're like on the same page and they want to address the same things or their leadership team meetings or whatever. Yeah. Like, VC was just like, okay, well, if you don't like me, then I guess I'll go somewhere else, and like, whatever. Well,
2: he was, he was waved. He didn't really have a choice in the matter.
0: No, but like, Keith, he, he says before, he says, listen, we're going to wave you unless you show me something here. He's just like, no, if you don't like me, then wave me. That's basically what he said. And
1: he's he goes, a guy who, yeah, it, uh, it doesn't look like he's got the, the mental fortitude to change his game and take that next step. He's got the he's got the skills, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a Hobie Baker winner a long time ago, though, too. They were talking about that, right? Like, this is not his first stop. Sorry, we don't have to go on about Jimmy V. He's not even on the team anymore.
0: OK, uh, we could either. Do you want to talk about the like the leadership team meeting or go on to episode three here?
2: I would say fun. the one the one thing that I found interesting about the leadership team meeting was just kind of like the who was there and who wasn't. Like it was kind of just me that Matthews wasn't there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like he he is like everybody reads like he is the future captain of the lease Like if all, in like the perfect storybook you write, it, he signs his eight year contract extension in Toronto. He gets handed the the C from Tavares is kind of like that's the passing of the torch. It's like his team, mm-hmm. and yet he's not even at these meetings like jumbo joe makes it in before yeah
0: and all the same jumbo joe was there spezza was not so like yeah i do agree uh-huh. like that it was kind of weird seeing the roll call there and honestly it might be something as simple as while that was happening matthews was getting something with his knee done, or t- you
1: know what i mean like i yeah. don't know i would but i would it, believe after watching the the series that yeah matthews wasn't in that room like i i, I think he's just not he wasn't on the team leader meeting Thing. well to be Maybe. fair and all these like one of the most interesting
0: things i found of this series and they got to a lot with the playoffs is like what the intermission like little tidbits Routines. that keith would come in and say his two minute speech to the team yeah during intermission you know, you never see that otherwise but like also seeing which players are talking it was never matthews never. And it was never marner you know what i mean
1: until episode it, it five was... until episode five when it was before mm-hmm. The third period of the last game. That yeah. was when I noticed them speaking up, and it wasn't even like it was just like adding things in, like with what other people were saying, right? Like, well, let's go, guys, come on now. You know, there wasn't like, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that might
2: be more the editing. Like, we saw a thirty-second snippet of a forty minutes of intermissions. Yeah,
1: you're right. Good point. Yeah. No, Tim's oh, wrong. No, Ryan. No, don't just <laughs> lay down to Tim. no. <laughs>
0: well, you never know. You never know. Two what versus, versus one show. All right, two versus two. You're wrong, Tim. There we go. Okay, <laughs> episode three was titled Blue Swan, and this is where Alex Galchenyuk enters the mix. And what I found really interesting was we found out that Keith wanted to put Galchenyuk in the lineup right away. He said, I, like, if we're going to, we brought him in, we might as well use him. And it was actually Dubas who said, if we do that, we'll be doing the same thing that every other team tried to, and failed to do with him. You know, he's bounced around on so many teams. So let's put him down. Let's, let's build yeah. him back up, help him find his way. And then he came onto the Leafs and, and ends up being an impactful player more so than it wasn't any of those other teams. So prop, props to Dubas for recognizing that. I thought.
2: Yep. Yeah, well, for sure. And then like, and we talked about like how much of a success story it was, right up until game five of episode five. Oh my goodness. I'm still scared. <laughs> All
0: right. Tim's crying. Um, also in this episode, we saw the Nick Felino deal and the, the um, big save Dave deal. Yep. Um, yeah. they didn't even give Riley Nash
1: first. any, any airtime. Poor guy. No, that's true.
0: Riley Nash wasn't even mentioned in this thing. That's right. Um, I'll go, we'll go with the Nick Felino one first. It was actually, it was, I thought it was really interesting that they showed us a little bit of the phone conversation that Dubas had with uh um, Columbus, Ke- I don't even know. Kekalainen. Kekeli- <laughs> Kekele- and no, yeah, Columbus's GM about how it went. And it started as a first, it went to a first and a fourth. And it ended up being, you know, Dubas said, if we lost him because of a fourth round pick, I I would have really regretted it. But he did not seem like happy or excited to get Nick Foligno. Like it kind of seemed like he was disappointed that he had to pay so much, you know?
2: Well, I think it was just like the stakes. Like, I think I think Dubas knew like, all right, we're overpaying. Yeah. But like this is this is it so it's like it's like it's a big thing that he he just did so it's a little bit like
1: the die the die has been cast Mm -hmm. i i think he seemed stressed in that moment I, i i didn't i i think he seemed relieved right like it had been done but i think i think he wasn't thrilled with the deal because we talked about it when we were doing our trade deadline preview like there unless you wanted to see what happens with taylor hall there wasn't like these like there wasn't like yeah. a really, really big fish to go after. So it's like, I'm giving up a first and, and, and a four or two fourths for this. Two fourths, yeah. yeah right? It's tough. That, that, that was the vibe that I got, right? Like, it's, we had Nick Felino <laughs> in the building. Just
0: imagine how disappointed he was when Felino missed half the games to injury.
1: <laughs> well, and, but we'll talk about that. That's the next And, and you know, the, yeah, the, the negotiation, right? That they're saying, and it's all about calling their bluff, right? But saying they got four firsts on the table. Yeah. but at the end of the day it was going to be up to Nick Felino. And for all we know, we could have not offered that second fourth, and he would have he would have come to the leafs anyway because you know it was the pandemic and the guy hadn't been home in probably a long time to see his parents, and he got to see his parents. And you know, well, by the way, I how mean,
0: great how great was it seeing his parents watching the games with Wendell Clark? Yeah, was low key fun. Wendell like Clark. That. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Just like <laughs> come on. Um, okay, we also got David David Riddick. Big save, Dave. And although he actually didn't get too much screen time, I thought it was really interesting the lack of information that the Leafs had about Freddie going into it. You know, like, I thought when they got Dave, it was, we need a solid third goalie just in case for what happened to Colorado last year. No, they had no idea Freddie was going to be back for the season. They got Dave because they thought he might have been their backup for the rest of the season and the playoffs. And Campbell was still like in and out of injuries so maybe they were gonna like they had no idea what was happening with their goaltending and that's why they had to spend a third and bring in big save dave
2: yeah like like at that point i remember like we had no idea and we just thought like all right leafs are playing at Koi, so they can maybe like dance around the long term like and couture off mm-hmm. him and like but the <laughs> turn and it's just like i, don't, I see I don't, injuries are hard because like is this on freddie like not giving the team like maybe is that like did the Leafs have hard feelings and that's why the negotiations kind of didn't work out or like, well, it,
1: it I, I, yeah. my takeaway from, from watching all the Freddie stuff b- before that too, is that it, it really, to to me on the surface looks like he was either like needed a break from hockey, giving up on hockey, or he was just like literally out of the lineup because he sucked and his, he, yeah. he mentally wasn't there anymore because it seemed like even the, the, the Leafs management was like, Hey, let's not push him. And like, They're not like nobody. We never saw Freddie in the office with Dubas, right? It was, it was Dubas Mm -hmm. and Keith talking to like the, the goalie goalie coach coach. or like the medical staff to just be like, Hey, no, we're going to wait until he feels 100% ready to go. Like he's getting paid a bazillion dollars and is pretty sure he's not going to be here next year anyway. Like, and he sucks when he's in there. And like the media is all really fragile. seemed really fragile. it, It felt like it and you know, there's the scene where he goes to skate and then they're like, wait, he's already off. Like this yeah. guy doesn't even, does he actually want to do this? I am I, am I wrong here? That's what no, it feels I, like. I got he the was...
0: same feeling that you did. I thought that I thought Keith, especially was really frustrated with everything that happened with, with, uh, Freddie last season.
2: It was pretty, it was pretty funny though. Here, getting, seeing Keith get angry at the goalie coach. Like, yeah, get have this guy to make a save. And the goalie coach is just, like, yeah, you, you don't really think about like what this goalie coach is actually doing. Like they usually fight like under the spotlight, but like I'm sure it, it does kind of like fall on the goalie coach, like the same way that, but like oh your power play's not working, fire your your power play coach. Oh your goalie's not working, yeah. everyone
1: blames the goalie. No one blames the goalie coach. <laughs> the goalie coach says no no no, look at Jack Campbell. <laughs> That's what <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> Jack Campbell, and you got Jack Campbell out there finishing a game with a torn groin. Give me a break. Oh my goodness,
2: Campbell is an idiot.
1: Yeah, like why are dumb. you doing in that game? Pull your goalie the rest
0: of the game. But okay, like, here's care. the thing, like. Campbell's in but he's like the athlete. Like, get your coaching staff to clue in that this is your future. And he just tore his groin. You he can't, can't stand up. Yeah, oh, t- you guys goodness. have never
1: torn your groin. It's it's nothing. No, that sounds horrible. I've I just, no, I never I just about know it's either, but... pretty precious down there, and I, I
0: don't
1: want <laughs> it there. Um, um, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I that that's like one of the biggest takeaways for from me because that that was a huge like gray area around the Leafs yeah. all year was. Freddie and they knew nothing as well and it seems weird that like maybe because they they were worried that if they started making a big deal about it like you know stories would be getting leaked or something like that Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. it it seemed like freddie gave up on playing hockey last year and the leafs had to it didn't really cast
0: a good light on freddie the, the all or nothing yeah they they gave more of the spotlight to campbell deservingly so but it, it didn't make me uh, any more sad that Freddie's gone after watching. This. And and you didn't even we, see him.
1: We, uh, you didn't even see him with the guys either. Like obviously yeah. Austin Matthews is a, a friend of Freddie's and I, you have to assume that a lot of the other guys in the team are as well, but just like you didn't see it. You, you saw Campbell and there was only five episodes. They can't show everything, but I was going to say one thing that we haven't really talked about is just like
2: is Jack Campbell. And he's just like the, the, best <laughs> the most guy. ridiculous the best guy ever like obviously like we hear about these stories like oh yeah teammates love him he's so nice he like thanks players after every save he's like and all this and then you go behind the scenes and like that's barely scratching the surface yeah well
0: in this in this episode was the one where like they highlighted campbell getting his 10 games and how like it was campbell breaking the records and also thornton getting to 1100 assists with like the i forget who i might have been spezza that announced it in the dressing room but oh, like the or, guys I know, all I'm, just losing it and like getting all pumped up for these like individual achievements and that i loved watching that that mm-hmm. was fun um uh, but yeah no you are right tim like i i even saw like the way that campbell was talking about matthews like you can tell that they have a big respect for each other and a special relationship and i he's,
1: he's campbell's a great guy it, you can he, just tell he seems genuine. he seems humble right and and yeah. the the opposite of a guy like jimmy VC, right where
0: yes right not to, not to hate on jimmy vc no but, but they're saying they
1: highlighted in there the jack campbell road right 10th 11th overall pick and i think it was 2010 draft and he mm. essentially flames out of the league and he's, he's worked his way up and he now has an nhl record right and then you have yeah. because he took he took the right approach and then you have the opposite of that so yeah i love jack campbell
0: okay Let, let's move on here because i want we we're gonna be talking about episode five, which is the playoffs, and that that we want to save some time. Just whether you guys want to cry about it or not. So, let, episode four didn't have too much, so we we don't have to spend too much time on that. But there were a couple things that were interesting. The first was it was actually really the first time we heard from from Bogosian, and he really missed his family. He his family wasn't there with him, and I guess he has a couple young kids. And he wasn't able to be there. You know, his daughter was saying, Daddy, you're not going to be there for my birthday.
1: Oh, that's, He just
0: felt bad for the that's guy. That's brutal. He, he was never coming back. He was never coming back to Toronto, you know?
1: Yeah, it makes sense. It, it makes sense now um, because it, well, at the beginning of the golf season, right, when I'm like, he signed for three years minimum mm-hmm. to stay in Tampa. Like, no, you get that beautiful family and they're there. And I think maybe in a situation where they're, whether they're like, w- wasn't COVID going on right now, maybe he would consider... You know, like moving move, his
2: moving his family up here. Yeah, like if he like, signed three years league men here. I right. can't
1: blame him one bit though for maybe not mentally being all there in the playoffs and just like because you have to think he was somewhat looking forward to like I get to see my family. Like, well, tomorrow. he said
0: that. He said that. He said not all days are good. Like, I miss my family. So yeah, that was tough. Um. The other thing that they focused a lot on episode four actually was Nick Felino because he's finally, remember we brought him in and he had to go through the two week quarantine period. I it might not have been full two weeks. I think weeks, it was a week. He had, he had to quarantine. He wasn't able, able to play games with us until a while later. And he finally gets in in his very first game. I thought this was really interesting. It was against Winnipeg. And he was going to fight a guy. The Leafs were currently winning four to three. And he's getting in this guy's face. And he says, like yeah, you know, like, let's go, let's go. And then he gets back on the bench. And Keith says, you know, I, I don't need you fighting that guy. And Fleena says, well, why not? And Keith goes like, yeah, come on, come on. And Fleena's like, oh, I don't mind. And he's just like, well, what, you want to fight him just for your entertainment? And, and it's like, I'm thinking the same thing. Keith is like, you're winning the game. All you're going to do is jazz up the other team. Don't fight the guy. Like, what are you, an idiot? Like, I was surprised to see yeah, that. Break your Felina. hand.
1: Yeah. Or your wrist if you're Ilya (laughs) McKayev.
0: But then, like, even later on, like, (laughs) I think it was like a week later, he only played like four or five games. He got injured. Mm -hmm. And and he, and he, like, kind of just did the stop up play in front of the net. And what was, what we didn't see before that is when he came off the ice, he was crawling. He was like barely going an inch a minute down the hallway. He had to be, like, carried to the board. He, I don't know. I mean, like we give, we give a lot of, I guess, hardship to Dubas and to Felino and it just didn't work. But like the guy was dead. Like he was dead coming off the ice after that injury.
1: It it looked like a guy that, yeah, he, he definitely threw out his back, tweaked something really bad in there and just, it couldn't, it's just not enough time to get it fixed. It was weird. Cause it wasn't like when you see that, right. You're like, okay, this guy's going to go to the hospital and like get surgery and that's mm-hmm. it. And, and maybe that's what should have happened, right? Maybe like there should have never even been a somewhat return. I don't know. Well, he still like he didn't get any back
2: surgery over the summer. Like I think he's just yeah. like he just kind of recovered. And but you know Boston what, Boston is hoping I it doesn't realize, happen again.
0: You know what I realized while watching this? All of our players, all season long, were just all injured. <laughs> like th- in between games, Thornton has these like bubble wrap things around his legs, which is kind of funny when someone says <laughs> like, Oh, what are those? He's just like, I don't know. It's <laughs> like, okay. And Simmons just has an ice pack permanently around his hand. And like Matthews with his, like a leg was always on. It's just, no, it's it always it was his wrist. Uh, maybe it was Freddie with his leg. Just uh, there's always someone like every episode we were in the IR and someone was getting worked on. The, uh-huh. These guys are just banged up. eh? it's brutal. Yep. Yep. All yeah. right. Should we get into episode five?
1: No. Are you guys guys emotionally ready? (laughs) Did I say this was the best show I've ever seen in my life? The first four episodes are. Tim didn't even watch it for like five days. Yeah, you guys.
0: I was not ready. You did not like episode five. You did not want to watch it. After watching it, you did not like it. I loved it. So I'm going to tell you why you guys are wrong. But let's go through this. All right. Episode five was it was the playoff episode. Okay. Three minutes into game number one. JT goes down. Tell me, I know you. I know you get your tears ready. But like, what did you guys think watching that again? What? What?
2: what, They showed it for like half an hour. It felt like half the episode was like, oh, let's look at this like five hundredth angle of JT getting his knee, knee to the head, and like, oh yeah, just focus on the blood on the ice. Thanks.
1: It was was ridiculous. It was
2: terrifying. I I felt
0: just as sick watching it this time as I did when it first happened. It's just awful, and and I do agree they could have. Like everyone who's watching this has seen that clip a hundred million times because that's what they played in the broadcast. So they didn't need to show it all, but I, I get it. Like it's, it's the biggest thing that happened in the playoffs in the first round. So like, I get why they're showing it, but man, I felt sick watching that. It's just awful. Well, and it is absolutely awful.
1: But I I think showing it, maybe they didn't show it for as long as they did, but it it did show the fact that like they were considering not even continuing the game. I don't know how Mm -hmm. that would have worked, but like, the guys were not mentally there, yeah, for, yeah. for the, the the rest of that game because they just saw their captain maybe die or whatever happened. Um,
2: yeah, like at, at the time, like sure he gave like the thumbs up, but like for a while like, we had no idea. Like, did no. he break his neck? Yeah, it was yeah because that's what it looks horrible.
0: like. It was so scary, and and it's not like you know, Stephen. To your point, it's not like the NHL was considering not to. It was an interview. Keith was saying, "I don't know if we should continue this." because the guys were so affected by it. And and to bring it back to Felino, because we're just talking about him, you know, like right after he had that fight with Perry. But like, honestly, like I kind of throughout watching the series, I had a little bit of a lower opinion of Felino. But in that fight in the moment, I was, I felt a stupid fight. But no, like, be, oh, the ahead. team was so mad. Yeah. And like, while he was fighting, you could hear Hyman and Simmons on the bench saying, kill him. That's what they were saying. They were saying, kill that, like that's what they well, were saying they and they didn't get the the luxury of us getting to watch the horrific event two hundred thousand times on the jumbotron or whatever like they they just saw perry's knee go into it. and they're probably you know steven you were mad at spet at, at uh perry when it first happened and they were just like this guy needs to pay that's our captain laying on the ice you know
1: it's still extremely hard to give perry the Benefit of the doubt, right? Or want to. Because all, all the guys on the ice know the same things that we know watching it at home. The type mm-hmm. of p- player and the reputation that Corey Perry has. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in the moment, yeah, the fight. And it was a weird fight, too. Because it was like a short fight. And Perry looks like sad as well. And, he looks
0: distraught. Like, he yeah. looks seriously affected as well.
1: You know what, though? Maybe they should have not continued to play that game. I've never heard of that for a playoff game but it, i remember when it happened in dallas in the regular season mm-hmm. um i can't remember the guy's name now um and someone had
2: a, a heart, like a seizure or a heart heart attack on the bench or something yeah and he
1: passed out on the bench and i, I don't know maybe it, just like they probably should have done that for that game
2: yeah especially cuz like how early in the game it three was minutes. like it, we got
1: 3 minutes of our captain and and just just the, you know who was was it rich peverly who was it I I wish I knew the guy's name on, on uh Dallas. Oh, Montreal. Oh. No, the guy on Dallas, Dallas who who like, you know, passed out on the bench. All I'm saying is like that was a situation where a guy passes out on the bench, goes away into hospital, you wonder if he's dead, right? Mm-hmm. Pe- I, people thought John Tavares might have broken his neck and I don't know, be dead or something like that. Like, sorry. We're we're talking about the John Tavares thing super long now too. <laughs> Oh, oh man this,
0: like it was so big like i don't know i it's we can move on because it's just i'm sure all our listeners are like i'm sick to my stomach hearing you fools talk about it so we can move on but it was it was interesting seeing i guess a, a few more angles and perspectives even like to find out that when Dubis was like running away getting his phone out right after it happened he was calling the guy's wife. Like that's what he was doing because she's watching at home. She's seeing what we're seeing, and, and like I don't know. I liked seeing that. That's where his priority was. He's not thinking about hockey. He's not thinking about the game. He's thinking like that's a that's a man lying on the ice, and I gotta I gotta tell his family. So I, I liked that. From
1: well, uh, sorry, just one quick thing. Mm-hmm. When I was talking about how Dubas feels like everybody else's boss, the one it does it feels like he's Tavares's friend.
0: Yeah, yeah. And,
1: you know, like like he seems to have a different relationship with john Tavares, um maybe that's a typical gm um and captain thing but i
0: think that's part of that is what it is like that that's kind of the captain is to be the liaison between the coaching staff and the team right yeah so i, I think that that's a part of it i don't know um okay should we move on please <laughs> um i to be honest i didn't actually have too many notes through games two through four, the games that we won, uh, it was just kind of like flying through them, and the Leafs are doing well, and the Leafs are kind of doing what we all expected them to do. do you guys have any thoughts of of what the all or nothing series covered about those winning games?
2: I love their puck in the Stanley yes. Cup idea, yep, and yes. I hate how they now basically just set it on fire. It's all worthless.
1: Well, they they had it showed though that they had the they had the mentality going into it, right? That like mm-hmm. like I I, I just. Maybe every team does that, but I feel like you don't do that unless you really, you got a good feeling about it. And I'm like getting excited, like, oh, they're going to fill the thing yeah. up. And it's gonna be I know. No that's free. what I was thinking too. Yeah. <laughs> Only 15 more to go. <laughs> I, I had completely forgotten uh, that we shut them out in game four to take the three, one. lead. It was a big win. Yeah. I completely forgotten about that. Just the, the fact that they came back from a, like. You, right the, the the game after that like you just shut them out you've won three in a row mm-hmm. you're gonna move on and yeah everything goes convincing wrong. too like
0: they were convincing wins in Nylander was like a goal a game player even Galchenek was scoring like it was I don't know it, we, we felt so good after game four we mm-hmm. were we knew we were going to win and that leads us to game five <laughs> and I honestly the biggest takeaway from game five was how mad Keefe was at Galchenyuk for that giveaway. I forgot that Galchenyuk had scored in that game. He scored our second goal to tie it at two Mm -hmm. and to send it to overtime. Like, honestly, if it was any other player, we would have looked at Galchenyuk as a hero in that game. But that was... The worst giveaway I have ever seen in my entire life. And Keith thought so too. In overtime. It's oh, just like, my goodness. Like two minutes so into dumb. overtime. Two minutes into overtime. A blind pass to the middle of the ice leads to a two-auto. Oh man. I, I was... don't know what
2: and we were course, saying. And, uh, and when I, I remember when I when I watched that highlight, all I can remember is when Matthews and Marner had a two on zero, and those bums didn't even score. It didn't wasn't any of us in didn't get the playoffs. a shot off. didn't get a shot off. And it's like, of course that doesn't happen to these two losers on Montreal. But mm-hmm.
1: you could see in that game how, you know, Montreal came out and they were kicking our butt and the guys are, are being weak mentally. And, 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 you know, they go into the third period and it's like, no, let's, let's close this one out. Right. And the guys do all the work to get there. And then gal gives it away. And it was in that moment that I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't want Galchenyuk here anymore. I don't care what he signed for uh, in Arizona. We have to get a little bit of the stink a- of last year off. I mean, that's why I was talking about trading Mitch Marner. Get the mm-hmm. stink off, right? Well, let's mm-hmm. at least... Galchenyuk does not need to be here anymore because that was horrible. The was... team
0: shouldn't be made or broken by Alexander Galchenyuk, but he broke us that game. Yeah, <laughs> That
1: was awful. Yep, Yeah.
0: Truly really awful. Um, Okay, game six. Listen, this one... I just call it the speech and I hope you guys know what I'm talking about, but that speech that Sheldon Keith gives his team in the intermission of game six was legendary mm-hmm. legendary. Do you please tell me you guys like, remember I wrote down the whole thing. I watched it and I was furiously typing to write down the whole thing. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. What do you guys think of this, this speech that, that Keefe gives his team in this do or
1: die game six overtime. Was this the one where he was talking about? Like you, you still have something you can do about it.
0: Do you want me to to read it?
1: Do you want me to read the
0: screen? All right, read it. Here we go. I'll just do this. It was was quite long. I'll do the second half when he really got into it. Here we go. This is it. We want to be a great team. You want to be great players. You got to push through. Come on, when it's offensively, you got to push through. You got to stay with a check. You push behind it. You get to the net. You beat your guy to the net. You get to the inside. When it's time to check, you check. You reload. You get above. You get your body in position. The guy's looking to skate by you. You get in his way. Now is the time. Nothing to save it for. Now is the time.
2: Freedom. Is, <laughs> it was like, I, I think it, maybe it's from the first half, but what stuck out was the whole part of like, this is like the moment when like great players become great. Like mm-hmm. who's going to step up.
0: And he, and he specifically called out Matthews, Martyr, and Hyman. He yeah, said like, your line bit, is getting yeah. dominated. Dominated. And they were. And they, they honestly, well, but, but listen, after that intermission, and it might not be cause and effect, who knows? But we were so good after that, going into that OT, we were out shooting them 13 to one. Like that was our time. Yeah. It, was ser- it was in that moment when Dermot just mishandled it and it got in just a weak goal, got past Campbell. Like we lost after that, I think that, that was the dagger right there.
1: Well, we we knew, you know, going into the game seven and uh, yeah, we knew it had to be done in that game six. I remember being there mentally and uh, it's awful. Horrible now, episode. There, yeah. there was
0: an interesting like I, I, I was really interested to see what the words that were being said ahead of game seven, because like honestly, after game six, like we were all thinking it, it's just like it's over. You know, like we're going to game seven. There's no way we're going to win. I want to know what like, because Keith obviously recognizes what Game Sevens mean to Toronto, and and I, I want to know what he said. And, and there was a meeting between Keith and a whole bunch of other suits. And one guy, I don't know his name, I just called him mustache guy. He was That's, saying uh, to Keefe, Paul
2: McLean, "Oh, is that Paul McLean? Okay, yeah." He
0: was saying to Keith, saying about Matthews and Marner's demons, and he's saying, "No, they got demons in their car, they got them in their closet, they got them under their bed, and the biggest obstacle that this team has right now is themselves." And I feel like that's what like Leaf fans have been saying forever, but like the Toronto Maple Leafs agree. It's like the, the all they gotta do is figure it out in their heads mm-hmm. and, and they got it, you know? It it's so frustrating.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't know. About about this the speech, like I couldn't really enjoy any part of it. Cause they just know that it comes like, Oh, this is the moment when like great players become great. Too bad. You're all bums. Tim, you're so wrong. Stop being so biased. We came out
0: flying in that, in that overtime. We came out it, flying. And what in it gets. One, one mistake. And Carrie price was standing on his head. Like you can't tell me if that if you play that overtime over a hundred times, we're not winning 99 of those games like let's just throw it away this is this is what matters this is what we're looking at we're looking ahead at next season and saying we got to win this year and we got to do something differently this this is the stuff that happens and i and I'm, I'm gonna skip ahead here but the very the very last line of the entire series was sheldon keith speaking and he says just because you haven't won doesn't mean you cannot or will not win whether or not you win Will be determined based on how you deal with devastation. And that's what we're doing here. Like that you you say this like, oh, like they're all bums and they lost, who cares? We're following this team. They're gonna be here trying to win again this year, and, and let's see what they take from this colossal loss against the Montreal friggin' Canadians, and let's see what they do with it.
2: I guess we'll find out. Unbelievable. I don't Absolutely know. I can cool. see
1: both sides of your like, like, like it's good seeing that like we have the coach that I guess he did. He did motivate them, but at the end of the day, yeah, the result was depressing, but you can't look at it just on a result. Like hockey is
0: a, it's what makes it so exciting is it's a luck based sport and you could do all the right things and still lose. Did you guys see, you probably didn't cause it's the preseason, but it was the Detroit and Buffalo game last night. and Ned, your guys' favorite goalie, who you for some reason think is because he had a good rookie season, is going to be great. He gave the most horrible, blunderous giveaway right to the Buffalo guy, and he scored, and Buffalo won the game. Anything could happen. You could do anything you want, and you could still lose. So, like, I'm—I don't care about the result here. I'm looking at what were the words that were said, what were the players doing, what are these Stanley Cup habits that Sheldon Keith was speaking about at the beginning of the episode? Like, that's—that's that's what's going to give you the best chance moving forwards and exercising these demons and and getting it out of the way and beating that stupid Game Seven monkey, getting it off your back. Like, th- th- this stuff is what's going to affect our team. Moving forwards, and it's going to be what dictates how I'm seeing this next season. I I looked at this, and I do not see a bunch of bums anymore. I, I, it's not what I see. I I think that we had a few bad breaks, and I think if we played that series again, we would win. I think and I have really good feeling about this season coming up.
1: And hearing what Dubas said after the game um, about he had never seen a group look the way that you know. Mm-hmm. You, you, you just see Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner sitting there like alone in the dressing room, hands in their head and just like silence.
0: And Jack Campbell. He and was, yes, he was in pieces. He was so upset.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Brutal. Maybe. Doesn't I, mean
2: you have to go relive it again and again. I so. will,
1: yeah, I will watch episodes one through four uh, many times. I still think this was really, really great TV. How lucky are we that this gets to be our team and that it was a year where, like, this is this is a great way you can look back on Austin Matthews's uh um Rocket Richard season mm-hmm. and you know the emergence of Jack Campbell, who's you know gonna win us seven Stanley Cups. And maybe when <laughs> maybe when we're old and gray and our big boys are old and gray, we can look back on this one and just enjoy. I think it's gonna be great. I I I'm excited to watch the next one, right? I'm excited to watch whatever other crappy team that they cover again i'd be happy if they come well, back to watch our crappy team again maybe they just what's the interesting
2: is they they offer they said like we would love to do a season two with the leafs this year and the leafs said no mm-hmm. oh they, really leafs, leafs turned them down brutal yeah, i don't know
0: brutal all yeah. right well that's the all or nothing series those are our thoughts anyway and and we'd love to know your thoughts so email us at the leafs pass the leafs cast pod at gmail.com and let us know what you thought yeah
1: tell us like your like like some maybe something that we, we didn't mention or, right, like something that, that, that we all have to look at it in different ways, so...
2: I would love to know, let us know if you're going to re-watch
1: episode 5. Are you team <laughs> Tim or team Ryan? <laughs> Screw you, Tim! <laughs> I, yeah, what, what you really should do, if you haven't watched it yet, I don't know why you listened to this whole thing if you haven't, but watch the episodes and then listen to the Leafs cast as, like, in line with the episodes, okay? Uh, it's all <laughs> canon, and... <laughs> it's all you can hear what, uh, we're saying oh man all right i think that the best part we did talk about it the best
0: part of the whole thing was meeting the toronto maple leafs hairdresser can you imagine having that job you just cut
1: the toronto maple leafs hair mm-hmm. oh my goodness what a champ all right so so that's that um looking forward right we've been in the past let let the past die kill it if you have to there you go um the leafs play regular season games this week the preseason Ooh. is done <laughs> preseason's canceled. Who cares about the preseason? The Maple Leafs, your Toronto Maple Leafs, Timothy, your Toronto Maple Leafs are back in action this Wednesday, October 13th, 7 o'clock Eastern, facing off against the Montreal Canadiens. Rematch. S- so glad we're starting in Montreal. We always start in Montreal uh, or against Montreal, but so glad that it's, it's this because like the NFL likes to do this sometimes where they they, they, they throw a big matchup from last year in game one. And mm-hmm. this is this is a way more important game one than any other year I can ever remember. I tell you, we need to win game one. You know, it's just one of those ones that you you need to get. I don't know. We we'll lose see. game one a lot too. I feel like we lose a lot of game ones. This like one, Austin Matthews' debut. <laughs> I don't want to see it. I don't want to see an L in game you one. Know, last year.
0: year, we won game one based off of uh, Morgan Riley overtime winner, who's very exciting.
1: So um, I guess a couple of things maybe to look for this week, you know, so, so Leafs are in action on Wednesday, Montreal, then we got Ottawa on Thursday and then Ottawa again on Saturday. We're going to see both goalies this week. We're going to yep. see uh, probably Campbell on, on Wednesday and Mrazek on Thursday. So it's yep. going to be uh, now Mrazek going to have an easier task. Um, Mrazek gets the back-to-back though. They're against the Sens. Well, and, and we'll see, we'll see yeah, what, what the boys look like on the back-to-back, Last year, I felt like we took a big step in just not looking like complete garbage on these back-to-backs, but... Um, not having
0: Hutch and Nett helped. <laughs> it, it, yeah,
1: it'll be interesting to see uh, Mrazek in there. Uh, and then the other thing is the lines. This podcast loves talking about the lines. We do. We really and, do. And yeah, we're always wrong. Well, and, but whatever we thought, though, is, is going to be changed because Ilya Mikheyev won't be in the lineup. So, yeah. um, I don't know. You guys got any thoughts before the games this week? it's exciting I, I i i it's funny i've i don't think i've ever gotten into the
0: preseason as much as i have this year but like i am just so ready for hockey just give it to me maybe it's this all or nothing series it's got me jacked up but like the last regular season was so fun we were so good that's one thing that the, the all or nothing did remind me of we were the best team period in that division it was not close and I, I can't wait to like face boston again and beat them give give me tampa i want to beat this cup champs like it'll be nice facing all the teams can't wait
1: saturday yeah. november yeah. I, 6th
0: maybe i do want. i do want to, even
2: like watching the recap of last season was like fun and then horrible and I'm still convinced that these guys are kind of a bunch of bums that might not come through when it counts i am excited for the season i'm excited to be proven wrong Hopefully Bring this uh, yes <laughs> this, hopefully this new guy, uh, Greg Harden, can fix uh fix where everyone else has failed. maybe you need to meet with Greg Harden, Tim. It sounds like you need a little bit of uh post traumatic stress therapy. I need to become great. <laughs> I would like to
1: get that on the pot. I would like a Tim exclusive with coach Harden um, yes. the,
2: the athletic did a a good uh recap on him just this this past week he He was like signed over the summer, but he kind of flew under the radar, but uh.
0: Only on this podcast do you get a deep dive into the gray garden.
1: Well, so I mean, Tom Brady and Michael Phelps, not a couple That's of bums. No, so those are, those are good players. There you go. All right. Wrapping up. Wrapping up. All right. Maple Leafs. Earn Tim back. Yeah. <laughs> win the man. <laughs> win the game on Wednesday. Win the man.
0: Two for one deal. Twist the deal. What I want.